0: Got to Monday, you was saying I was gifted. I tried to brush you off my intuition, say you different. I've been checking all the boxes. Yeah.
1: My Hello and welcome and back to like another episode like me, as
2: I knit. I'm your girl Natty, and I'm your
3: girl A. D. And I am your boy, Amir AWOL, aka The Salton, aka the black Jon Snow, aka the black Kylo Ren.
2: Okay, myself, okay, the AK. okay. AKA, we get it, we get it, <laughs> 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 we, we get the A.K.A.,
3: hey, look. I just want to make sure I got all my in, you know what I'm saying?
1: Listen, we going to have to step our A.K.A. game up, it's cool, it's cool, mm-hmm. I got it.
3: Look, 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 I, I, I like it on y'all though, it's all good, I'm glad to be here though, by the way.
1: Oh, good. We're glad to have you. So before we do our check-ins today, so, I mean, Amir had all his AKAs, but he didn't give the AKA that I call him, which is Measy. So <laughs> I will likely be referring to him as Mezy this whole interview. So if I say Measy, y'all know who I'm talking to, and he know who I'm talking to. But Mezy, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell our audience who you are and what you do.
3: Yeah, real quick. My name is Amir Walton, an author, a graduate of a historically black college, Bowie State University. The book I actually wrote is called My Historically Black Purpose, which talks about the experience that students, male or female, can expect when they go to these historically black colleges, especially good for the ones who aren't around HBCUs because I kind of dive into everything that comes with it.
1: Don't give us too much nah, on that because we're going to ask I you I about won't. it in the interview.
3: But actually, I've been working for the National College Resources Foundation for like, actually, since I was in college. I was working with them while I was in college and then immediately after started working with them. And they're the ones who actually started the Black College Expo. For anybody who doesn't know, the Black College Expo tours the nation and basically brings plenty of HBCUs to the doorsteps of students all around the country. So I host Why to Attend an HBCU workshop, and I also do outreach, kind of like recruiting throughout the week to make sure that students get out and get excited for that. And I'm also a podcast host as well, so the name of the podcast is Live at the Family Barbecue that I host with my sister, that we definitely got to get you two on now, absolutely. So mm-hmm. I'll be looking forward to that. That's kind of the condensed version. <laughs>
1: And you're an artist. Did you say that you're an artist? I am an artist. That's why I said the condensed
3: version, too, because I'd be forgetting wow. stuff. Yes. I am an artist. Yes, I am an artist. So, uh, yes, I rap, do spoken word, and uh, also I'm working on a documentary right now. I forgot to mention that. So I'm working on a documentary for the book, too. So, a slight filmmaker, too. Trying to be a young yeah. Spike. So, a.k.a. young Spike Lee, too. A.k.a. young Spike No, Spike. he didn't. I know. Wow. He just really just came out here and just,
2: <laughs> okay. okay. All right. We get it. I mean, <laughs> we got to we, we see the documentary first. Oh, no. <laughs> hey,
3: look. We don't know what
2: them editing skills look
3: like. Hey, look. I'm already telling you right now. Best HBCU documentary ever. Don't even worry about it.
1: Okay. Don't even worry about it.
2: I I I'm no here I'm for worried it. about it.
1: <laughs> Yo D, what is
3: going on? up? What, what, not...
2: I'm a little Lacey, I'm sorry. No, you
3: know what? It's good. It's good. You know, it's gonna be a pleasant surprise for you. Then it's gonna be a pleasant surprise.
1: Just like my mixtape. Oh, you know what?
3: Wow. I've been hearing. It. I've been hearing things about this tape. It's,
2: Amir, how do you feel about it? Or should I call you Measy?
3: You, you know, you can call me whatever you like. It's fine. But, I have been hearing things about this mixtape, and I can't disclose everything. But, I can tell you this, there
0: are certain people
3: in the streets that are waiting. There's certain Wow. People. There's certain See? people. <laughs> not you know that. No. Now, how big, how big that number is, I don't know. But I do know there's certain people waiting
1: it's about a good three people. <laughs> wow. But listen, all I need is three to be my three loyal supporters, to be my stands, and we out here. You know what I'm saying? I can always depend on them, and they're going to spread the word. That's it.
3: That's it. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. You just need a cult following, however many that is. They just got to like. But, but the The
2: better question here is, Amir, are you waiting for it?
3: absolutely i can't wow wait. i can't wait
1: <laughs> told you d mm. told you <laughs> but listen let your haters be your motivators you know what i'm saying i'm about to come out with this mixtape me i about to come out with this documentary it's gonna be pure fire yeah like, i'm gonna have
3: your front row especially since d is doubting that i'm young spike oh I'm make you, i'll make you sit in front and witness it you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm almost
3: impersonal
1: Mm-hmm. i mean and i'm
2: gonna d- make sure she there
1: too if she down, you know what
3: you
0: young <laughs> fight. you you right you right if the mm-hmm. props
2: is due do, i don't i don't have a problem giving it to you i'm just saying you know i just this mind y'all this is my first time virtually meeting Amir so <laughs> I, I don't know how no, to it it's
3: gonna it's gonna get way worse too oh my goodness yeah Yes. It's gonna be a yeah, you... fun and a wild ride this yeah. <laughs> episode. Yeah, I'm, only on, I'm only on like five percent right now. It's gonna build. Oh, oh no, I was Can I ask no. y'all oh, like, think... you... something before we start? No. Yes. So yeah. So how did <laughs> I am not even listening to D. So how did y'all how
2: did y'all, how did y'all meet? How did this like... see he ain't watched none of the I mean he
1: ain't no, no, watched no. none
3: of the episodes? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've heard I it would... before, but I wanna hear it from y'all perspective, like Again,
1: okay. D, do you want to tell it, or you want me to
3: tell? It was stage like this. Is me telling it right now? I want to know. Like, what's up? Like, don't, even...
2: <laughs> don't hold back.
3: No, don't hold back. You know, because y'all probably wrote that up like this outline you sent me that D decided to send to me. <laughs> D decided to send to me two minutes before we started. You know what I'm saying? So it's probably real.
2: He's probably cutting. real.
3: You know what I'm
2: saying? Don't believe everything y'all hear out like here. y'all
3: did a real syllabus style, you know, introduction to your relationship. I just want to know real quick.
2: And just like a college student, you was unprepared. Like, wow. but You can tell yeah. them I them was me. a good college student, dog. I was a good college student.
3: You can do that. You can do that when you when you finna handle your business. You know what I'm saying? i mean, that's
2: She's make degrees, y'all. Listen. No, okay, you are not you I, I know, no. I'm just kidding <laughs> chill dang <laughs> <laughs> that's, now. that's what we doing
0: that's what we doing hey let's do that's it what what I what got my machine are you a summa cum laude which is it which laude was you
3: <laughs> the
1: not on the line?
3: <laughs> no. not on daddy <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> nah Nettie, you can tell them, tell them the story okay
1: so i'll tell you the story so i'll give you the quick nerdy rundown so basically i came up had the concept of the idea for the podcast i think like like december of 2018 like january 2019 and then originally two of my co-workers were supposed to be my co-host mm-hmm. And they backed out for their own personal reasons. So then I actually, like, had some people. You were one of the people, too, Meezy, that I asked to post. Kind of like I'm looking for a co-host yeah. on their Instagram. And so I asked her to post. I'm sorry, not asked her. I asked a few friends to post on my IG. And so she was actually the only person who I didn't know who responded to the to the ad. And then was like, okay. And she drove all the way up from L.A., to come to our in-person interview and I remember like I was like oh my gosh like we interviewed and I was like she was cool but I don't know I might have better chemistry with someone else and my producer at the time shout out to a she was like nah look, like, I really like D you guys just had like unmatched chemistry it was really good so I went back and re-listened to our interview and I was like you right she the one and then I sent her an email and I offered her the position and Dee don't be checking her email all wow. the time either. So wow. <laughs> So she had missed the original offer. And then she declined it. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is true. I don't know if we've ever told this, but she declined the offer, like, all professional. And she was like, well, because I missed the date that you told me to, like, I'm going to have to decline this offer because I wasn't prepared. And my feelings was hurt. I was like, wow, really? (laughs) Okay. And so then I had to email her back and, like, plead my case. And I was like, well... We understand, and I don't want you to feel pressured, but the offer is still on the table if you want it. And then she was like, oh, yeah, off top, for show, I got you. And then we were in concept and kind of on the phone every now and again for, like, almost six months. And then one day I had an impulse decision, and I was like, we just got to start this. No. And then, boom, we released our—we recorded our first episode, I think, in September or October. And then we released the first episode in— in September, I mean not September. I'm sorry, December. December. Yeah, that's that's our that's our and little been real, co-host everything. love story. <laughs> it has been. It's been so much fun having her as my co-host.
3: That's what's up, y'all. Yeah. I remember when you were just talking about this. Like that's that's that's, that's what's up. That's cool to see. I
1: know, right? It's like this was like my baby, and it was just a concept at one point, and now here we are, just doing it.
3: Okay, that's what's up, man. Well, D, I'm glad you're here. You know, since you and check the email it could have went a whole nother way so I'm glad you I'm glad, you made it.
2: I'm glad you're here too if you want to check that email we are two birds at the same time like that's crazy yeah. we gonna, it's going to be a long day y'all
1: well I'm excited I can't wait until we can go back and we can meet each other in person because I just feel like y'all really going to get along and Neasy I feel like our audience is really going to like you
3: This is yes. this is going to be very, very fun. Very. He likes the show.
2: So before we get right. to our icebreakers, let's do some check-ins. Mitty, what have you been up to? Mostly just the mixtape per oh year. <laughs> I'm she's,
1: not doing she's not, she's not playing
3: about this tape.
4: It's <laughs> getting on my nerves at this point.
2: I'm bad quality. how the pandemic. <laughs> don't even stop the mixtape. Like what kind of pandemic this is this? <laughs>
1: Pandemic can't keep you, your girl down. What's up? No, just kidding. No, I mostly been redecorating my room, so I moved into a new bedroom. Same house, new bedroom is a little bit bigger. It doesn't feel that much bigger, but it is. So I got a new. I got a new bed. I actually took my dresser from when I was a teenager and painted it gold and pink, and it's pretty saucy. And then so like my room is supposed to be giving like tropical mid-century modern vibes. So I've been having a a lot of fun doing it. I still have to hang up my TV and finish organizing my jewelry, and then once stuff opens up a little bit more, I'm gonna be getting some new sheets for my bed and a cute pink throw. and then I got like a really beautiful like emerald green like bedroom bench to go at the foot of my bed. Mm. So like it's a vibe mm, in here that sounds. Nice. Thank you. thank you. So that's mostly what I've been doing. I haven't been able to, you know think about travel because Lord knows when these <laughs> restrictions are going to be lifted. So I just, that's, that's kind of been my bread and butter right now and working and these virtual appointments. good Lord.
2: They're exhausting.
3: You ain't so,
2: What about you D what you been up to? So I've been trying to be normal for once and watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually watch a lot of TV. And if I do, it's the same shows. Uh-huh. So I've just been trying to watch more shows. Definitely not going to watch Tiger King. Passed that one up <laughs> real quick. Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought I'm that show was phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, my
3: goodness. Oh, my goodness. Really? You might, you <laughs> might want to tap yeah. in, low-key.
2: Okay. I told her. I might watch one episode. I don't know.
3: That's all it's going to take. You're going to be hooked.
2: Yeah yes we're gonna see i'm gonna be coming for both of y'all like so who right which one y'all recommended this <laughs> y'all y'all don't know me i clearly. just want to know right exactly i gotta work i just need to speak uh nettie told me something funny i just need to speak to the mama or your manager <laughs> either one and i'll be good but yeah our for for work work has been busy so We've been responding to a lot of email inquiries, especially since I'm telecommuting. So I don't go into the office at all. Mm. And I just can't tell you how these students are just so lovely. It's just, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah but ooh y'all still listen we love you but sometimes it'd be love hate relationship let me tell you I can't yeah like yesterday <laughs> somebody somebody said you know I just want to know when am I going to register for classes and you know who can I speak to about that and so someone from our team responds and says during orientation you'll be able to register for classes you'll be able to speak with someone and then the student responds and says okay so who do I ask about who so when do I speak to an advisor I said, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be! You got how to carry the one? Like I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. But what about
3: you, Measy? What you been up to? No, oh, so I mean, it's kind of, kind of, kind of been a lot. It's kind of been a lot, but a lot of reading and writing. Like I've been using this time to really, you know, just challenge myself to read fifty books a year. So. Wow. Yeah, just keep, keep, keeping, keeping up with that. Also watching shows I haven't dove into, so I just started The Wire. I'm on season two of that, about to be on season three. Breaking Bad is amazing. I love that show. Just started that one. And then I actually purchased the only, have you guys heard of the, uh, Masterclass? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So Masterclass is basically, it's almost like an online school, but it's taught by professionals, so spike lee has a screenwriting mm. class oh, i'm thinking about samuel jackson has an acting class you know et cetera et cetera so i've really been kind of doing how my much own is things.
1: that subscription
3: so i wish we would have <laughs> had this last week because they had a sale up until monday it was 180 oh. it was 180 for the year and you get access to all mm-hmm. of the courses and all the instructors So I'm not sure what it is. Now, hopefully it didn't go too much because maybe you guys could split it. I think it'd be a good one because they got uh, courses on there for like advertisement, marketing, you know, TV, film, all types of stuff. So it might be probably beneficial for y'all. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah, that's what what I've been on. Appreciate
0: it.
2: So you literally on your spec Lee. I get you now. Yeah, she she (laughs) thought thought it was a game. I don't think she really knew me like that. I
3: think she thought it was a game.
1: Nah, she, she,
3: yeah. It's
2: cool though, it's cool though. Now she know. Now she okay. I mean, hold on, hold on. chill, chill. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> you all right, you, know hey, like hey, you know I'm
3: saying? It i me, I'm a Capricorn, so we talk a whole lot of, you know, we talk a whole lot of, oh, you Oh, know yeah, that what.
2: explains a lot.
1: Yeah, we
3: talk a whole okay. lot of, you know what, since I can't cut. I'm a snack. Since I'm I'm I can't cuss.
1: <laughs> okay, well, let's get into this icebreaker real quick. Uh-oh. Right quick, Measy, we didn't put the icebreaker questions in there because we wanted them to be a surprise. So, you know, you didn't have to.
3: Uh, I remember that. You told me. Or that. so
1: you could, like, think you about mean, it. You, you mm-hmm. told me okay. That. See, and then you acted like we ain't. See, we, you know now, now wait, a minute. My, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a
3: minute. I just want <laughs> nah, 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 to get this there. Now, in my defense, D, we talked about the whole outline, we went over the whole thing. So, I already knew wow. it. I knew it. I did know it. But I did not review it. Mm. for that mm-hmm. I apologize I again
1: it'd be your own people it's alright it's alright <laughs> though okay so <laughs> our first question would you rather we're gonna play the game sorry the icebreaker we're playing is would you mm-hmm. rather I actually like this one so I don't know if it's gonna be our icebreaker thing that we always do but it's been a fun one okay. so far so would you rather have a golden voice or a silver
3: tongue Freddie God I'm gonna take the golden voice you know
2: Okay. All right. Do you wanna answer that?
3: <laughs> I mean I was
2: I was gonna say something, but I'm gonna be nice. Um okay. Please don't. Please
3: don't. I got jokes. I got I can't I can prepare. I know you I do. Go ahead.
2: But we look, we gotta get we gotta get through this icebreaker though. We ain't gonna get through it if I, if I keep hitting that. But um I probably go with silver tongue. Okay. I'll go with silver tongue too. Hey. Would you okay. rather be in jail for a year or lose a, a year of your life,
3: Amir? What type of, yo, y'all are here. Y'all are here wilding with the questions.
4: <laughs> he <laughs> said a, that was too kind oh, That's a no-win
3: situation. I mean, <laughs> take a year for my life. I ain't doing jail. I'm cool.
2: I mean, you could read that you. that. you could meet y'all for your books if you go to jail for
3: a year. So, you, some things aren't worth it. Some things just aren't worth it.
2: I
1: know. But listen, you don't know when you're going to die anyway. So, what's taking that's, a year that's from your life? You know that I'm is saying? a good point. That is a good point. It's all yeah. And it's like yeah. the trauma that's going to come along with jail, you already done lost that year of your life anyway. So, essentially, losing a year of your life, but without the extreme trauma of going to jail. It's a no brainer.
3: It's, it's all fun and games. So you headed to Santorini and then you just die, you know, because you chose <laughs> okay. to take a year off your life.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like don't get me wrong. Like I feel like it's a matter of perspective. I'm not an advocate for jail, of course. But I, I do know some individuals who literally that was their their turning point. You know, it allowed them to just self reflect and really get a hold of themselves and realize the life that they was living. But I guess it just depends on where you are in your life.
3: D, D we are not criminals. This is the most weird. <laughs> this, this is a show about college.
2: We don't have those We already do We, we <laughs> got some knucklehead students, though. We got some knucklehead students. Don't, every That's student true. is not like, prepared for college. That's why this podcast is this.
3: <laughs> uh, that's hey, that's a good one. This so is you, too... so you. So did okay. you use taking jail? Wait, so you taking jail? This, uh, is that what I heard? I,
2: I, I, right, you did all that to say you gonna use losing a year of your life. Nah, but, um, I think I probably would go with losing a year of my okay. life, the, just because the way Nettie put it. What about you, Nettie? Oh, I'm for sure losing a year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. Do y'all think I will
1: survive in jail?
2: Make that no. mixtape
1: in prison, <laughs> baby. I could make the mixtape in <laughs> prison and be in prison. But, like, listen. I just feel like I would get there and be like, I'm sorry, are these sheets thousand threat count Egyptian cop? No, where can I get those from? You can't? Okay, um, is there somewhere else I can go? It just, it feels ghetto here, okay. and I just, I don't think I would survive.
3: Yeah, y'all, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Y'all probably be braiding hair up in there. I ain't gonna lie. He <laughs> came from all
1: the way. But Haikido, I could... I could get the Senegalese twist and the passion twist. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, they be cute. I got them. I got y'all, sis. Don't worry about it.
3: <laughs> Give me them shoes <laughs> I was
2: talking
1: about. <laughs> Give me that Egyptian cotton. Thank me. you. Okay. So would you rather know the history of everything you touched or be able to talk to animals?
3: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm
3: you definitely taking the history of everything that's yeah i'm taking that can i put my fingers in the soil and just know how everything happened like is that what you're talking about
2: sure (laughs) i guess if you touch the soil you would know
3: yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying so okay all right yeah i'm taking that oh nerd head ass anyway you'd like to talk to a butterfly but i'm a nerd all right go on ahead Alright, we
4: okay. right.
3: I'm
2: just the saying the most, the
3: most <laughs> ever. it ain't no way to not be a nerd with this question and you guys say Nerd-header.
4: stop playing my bad I am He's a <laughs>
2: Okay, I'm not about to play with y'all. That's <laughs> the next question. <laughs> so would you rather be uh, the first person to explore a planet or be the inventor of a drug that cures a
3: deadly disease? I'm yeah. good off that, yeah. Tell, give me the give me the cure and the disease.
1: Okay. Would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now or know now everything your future self will learn?
3: Know now everything the future self will learn? Yeah, that's that's Yeah that's
2: easy okay what about
1: you nitty i don't know i think i would uh, i don't I, I have this thing like i don't want to know the future because then like it almost takes away your choice you know what i'm saying it's a little bit of the same thing like you kind of know the future up until 28 but i don't know what happens after 28.
3: Well, can i uh can i ask a question so wait a minute so <laughs> going back to five like you gotta live all those years over again that's what you were saying yeah. Oh no, that's not. No, are you not, that's, like? That's, I don't think that's I cool. I don't think. I don't think that's good.
1: Think. <laughs> that means you were no, a no, bad ass no. kid. I, I was. No, 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 <laughs>
3: no. ain't no way.
1: I'm serious. I mean, I had listen. I, I mean, I had a very privileged life. Listen, I didn't get in trouble a lot as a kid. I had a sweet 16. I had a debutante. I had the love of my life in high school. Anyways, <clears throat> and then I think I might, ha- I might have had more fun in college, even though I had the time of my life in college. But there would have been some things I might not have been as much mm-hmm. of a stickler about. And I would have continued playing volleyball. You
3: didn't play volleyball all four years of college
1: no not all four years I resigned my Mm -hmm. third year and I still had two more years of eligibility but kind of what happened and I I don't really talk about this a lot but my I like I didn't start playing volleyball till 10th grade right so I like never in a million years thought I would be Mm -hmm. playing in college and then I started Mm -hmm. playing in college and you know like in college a lot of it's politics I do play like a lot of like emotional like psycho-emotional games with you and so it's really like just about like beating your brain and beating yourself in that and so I didn't have the best confidence which I felt like affected me on the court so I didn't get a lot of play time in college which I like never it never bothered me because like I I felt like I played like a greater support role with with the girls and then my junior year when I finally like was getting the opportunity to like I had kind of got to this point where like I was feeling more confident in myself I was playing better and like I was going to get the time to be playing in to be Mm -hmm. playing in games I fractured my fifth metatarsal which is my pinky toe which I had actually fractured in preseason in August and they didn't catch it Mm -hmm. until November. And then my grandmother died. My grandmother died right before Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. And then right when I came back from Christmas break, my great grandmother died. And so then I just felt like I was having too many like anger management issues to be able to go back and deal with my coach and like the team. And like it was just like a lot of grieving going on and then like switching over into your upper division learning. So I was just like, nah I'm good. I'm not gonna come back. So I resigned at the end wow. of the season. Wow, that's real. Yeah, so that that's right. yeah, yeah, you
3: got to share that story, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to
1: yeah, help somebody out. Yeah, so hopefully in, in the future I'll share it more. But yeah, that's just kind of my journey and what was my thought process.
2: Oh, yeah, I it. think everything happens for a reason. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Would you rather listen to Nettie's mixtape or Nettie's single? <laughs> I know. Trust me, I did not put that question on there. Trust
3: me. Right, yo, give me, give me, give me the see, album, man. I want to hear the range. I want to hear
2: the range.
4: See, thank you. Be a real supporter out here.
2: I want, I want the little fifteen seconds that you get when you don't, when you ain't paid for the whole thing, and they just give a little snippet. That's that's all I want, bro. See, that's what the
1: haters have, and that's why, and I got to get my flows in check. Because I'm really about to have that Let Your Haters be your motivator song. Like that's really about to be a song on my Let album. Cause the world him needs him to know. know it's inspired Let by know, D. Let mm-hmm. know.
3: Hey, you should watch the uh, watch the Beastie Boys documentary that's on Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> it might give you some inspiration. oh Might give you some.
1: Okay, thank you. I deal. appreciate that. Would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets or never have to pay for food at a restaurant?
3: Give me them tickets.
2: <laughs> yeah, D. Probably food.
3: I don't believe okay. it. I went media on this.
2: I went, I this. I yeah, went I first class taking Wait, wait. I,
1: <laughs> how you going to
2: take my, my answers like like,
3: that's, that's that's your thing.
2: Why am I capping?
3: <laughs> I, just, I just don't.
2: First of all, you have to respect it. Just like you respect Nanny's mixtape, you got to respect <laughs> my decision <laughs> to, to eat at restaurant. I respect it. I, respect it. Oh. I just don't believe it. But there you
3: go. I'll give you that. <laughs>
2: He's trying to call <laughs> me a capper, y'all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's crazy. Would you?
2: Would you rather be an average person in the present or a king of a large country twenty five hundred years oh, ago? Give
3: me twenty five hundred years ago all time.
1: Interesting. I, I for sure saw you saying that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the
3: first? I just completely skipped over that one because the- basically, be who you are,
2: average person.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <I was> gonna- <laughs> Hey yo, that's funny. That's funny.
2: Damn, she
1: just can't be a whole day. See, now <laughs> everybody can really see that I don't be. She be un- really
2: be coming for me. That's why I be feeling
1: hey, a touch. She <laughs>
3: did.
2: He all stuttered. she. I mean all to get you a
3: little laptop, you know what I'm saying? I, I you got on understand, understand
4: with me. Right? You
3: can have me. All right, let's never
4: forget. Let's not
2: forget. All right. Wait, what am I for not forgetting? forgetting?
3: Nothing average about me. You called me. All right.
2: You're right. You're right. We had a very limited network, so...
4: You know what? All uh, you know right, what? okay, now we got to move on. You
3: know what? I, I'm side. so sorry, you I'm not
0: here. Because see, no, no. I, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm looking, like, see, I can't throw all my ass off. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy. I got to eat. Okay, you should give the bad association. All right, I got to eat. Don't eat don't
2: me. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll be nice for the rest of the podcast. I don't believe.
0: But yeah, go
3: ahead.
2: Okay, that was funny. Okay. Would you rather suddenly be elected a senator or suddenly become a CEO of a major company?
3: Ooh. Senator or CEO of a (coughs) what kind of company? Mm -hmm. A major Uh, company. I hate politics. Let me give me the CEO.
1: Damn. D, what would you do? Probably CEO too. Really?
3: You
1: You would be a senator? I'd be a senator for sure. Interesting.
3: That would would be the wildest state ever. (laughs) (laughs) no for
2: real (laughs) hey let me come live with (laughs) (laughs) y'all nah
1: I just I believe in effective change and sometimes the way that you have to do that is through politics and like where our country is right now and the politics and you know like there's just so much and it'd be a way to like prove that women are great leaders so just another way to another step for me to eventually run for
2: president of the United States one day
3: okay that's a good one right. <laughs> i ain't mad at it i ain't mad at he it know,
2: know. we're gonna get into the admissions term of the day Nettie, take it away all right i really feel like you should do
1: this admissions term of the day because <laughs> for you but it's cool <laughs> our admissions term of the day today is raggedy it's a slang
3: word oh, i can you the definition of that right now I know for, I know word, for, take I know for a fact it. I won't miss this one That's your co-host right there Raggedy I bet.
2: I I bet. So when you look at Raggedy You say D Raggedy D Raggedy D <laughs> oh, You know what though She actually really put this word in there for you <laughs> So I, I don't know I think we we that can't do that for me. Now, she can't do that for you, for you. <laughs> She really did. She was like, I got to put it, this in here because he going to laugh. He going to think it's funny. And I'm like, okay, go You're like, listen, you. I didn't know y'all was going to hit me. Wait I'm a minute, like
3: Nah, she's picking <laughs> me. That's why I rhyme with your name. It don't even go with nothing I'm talking about.
2: Ooh, what? Ra- Raggedy <laughs> rag- D. Raggedy rag- rag- D-, D-, rag- D-, D-, rag- D-, D. Nah. We're going to have to take a... We're going to have to phone in the audience member. Uh, which one of y'all... Which one do y'all think it is closer with him or closer with me? Oh, my God. Y'all are funny. I love it's y'all. <laughs> but she said hit it off. You sure we hit it off?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I, I just meant, like, I didn't know y'all was going to be... It's it's beautiful. I love to see it. <laughs> I love This it. is how I'm
4: with
1: <laughs> people. Uh, I know. It is. Yeah. Literally on that trip, Amir called everybody raggedy, and I was like, "Yo, how are you gonna call everybody on this trip raggedy, bro?" What is like, the yeah, urban they like, all are.
2: What is the urban dictionary definition of raggedy though? Like, because black people use it a lot. I think. I
3: mean, shoot, it's. I mean, it's one of them things where it's just kind of it, whatever it is, you know. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm.
1: It, yeah, it is, because it said, you know, the Urban Dictionary, I think it says, slang word for torn up or messed up, but you know, like, dang, you just out here Triplen. doing crazy stuff, that's yeah, that's crazy, trifling stuff, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so then that's how me and Measy became close, because I was like, bro, you was raggedy, and then, off top, we just became... Look at y'all, how long has it been yeah. since
2: y'all known each other? That's a, um, that's a good question. 2017,
1: yeah, that's 2017 crazy. I remember 2017
3: when I first 2017, it. yeah yeah that makes sense
1: that's the same Mm -hmm. okay in miami met him in the dade my favorite city
3: uh, uh, yeah what hotel was that we all did brunch at with you that one right that first day (laughs) when we did brunch day wasn't wasn't you there that day
1: i think i was there that day but i don't think i did brunch Hmm. with you i did brunch with you when you took us to ash house a go-go okay Okay. Yeah, you remember I, I that? So. And then I was like, I actually still got that video. I oh, think. Oh, you gotta, you gotta send me when that. You, yeah, I'm gonna send I it to you. I don't know what Because that chicken was Oh whoa. no, 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 no. <laughs>
3: that wasn't the name of it. It wasn't Hash House. Wasn't it some big something?
1: I don't think so. That reminds me. It gives me Hash House a go go vibes. But I'm gonna go look for it real quick. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I still got it on my little on my little archive.
3: I'm gonna go back to Miami.
1: I'm trying to, I try and go back like once a year, but now that everything's so cheap, because I really want to own an Airbnb mm. out there, I might be able to afford a little place. And I have to get it in Wynwood because in South Beach, they don't let
2: you Airbnb, but that's okay. We actually have a real admission term of the day, though, y'all. <laughs> so our, our admission term of the day is HBCU, also known as Historically Black College or University. It's a college or university that was originally founded to educate students of African American. Descent. Yeah, so let's dive into this interview, Measy, We about to put you in the hot seat,
1: but I'm so excited because you just have a ton of great, you know, wisdom to give to our mm. listeners. So you went to an HBCU. It's Bowie, right? Yes, State.
3: Right? We did. We did.
1: Okay, on the East Coast. So, how did you find out about Bowie State University? Yeah, how'd you find out about it? What made you choose
3: Bowie? So, originally, my uh, senior year, I had planned on going to, to take one of my scholarships to play basketball for college, but my GPA was not as high as it should have been, so they decided, or they decided, a lot of my counselors in high school said that, you know, I should go to a junior college, community college. Have y'all done that for admitting tournament? Other day, at community college, junior college, all of that?
2: Uh, no, we haven't. Okay. No, so, we a two haven't, year
3: institution. So, a two year school that will basically prepare you for your four year or your transition to your four year. So, I was cool with that because I wanted to play basketball. And my mom was like, heck no. Nah. So, she decided to sign me up for a black college tour my senior year. And um, this was maybe, like, two months before I graduated. Probably graduated in June. This was probably, like, April. And uh, she just sent me on the trip. I did not want to go. And we ended up touring kind of like that mid-Atlantic area. So we saw D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Went to Howard, uh, Howard Hampton, Virginia State, Virginia Union, Norfolk State, Coppin State, Morgan State, Bowie State University. And I really just fell in love with the campus. It was, like, beautiful. I don't know. inner city kid, so I wasn't used to seeing that many trees, Bowie is like in the middle of a forest, so that was cool, and then just seeing all these black people, like, it was a trip, but I went to a Catholic uh, all-boys school for high school, so it was like a completely different scenario than I was used to, so seeing that...
4: Where did you go to high school? To, no, Sorry. no,
3: you good, uh, I went to uh, Archbishop Reardon High School in San Francisco, Okay. so yeah, yeah Catholic all-boys school big on sports we was like the 20th ranked team in the nation my senior year so yeah I had a lot of offers for basketball that was my life and yeah so when I went there one of the coaches had said all right you can come and play here you can just walk on and then we'll get you a scholarship for your second year so my decision was pretty made from there and so that was how I ended up there I didn't want to dive okay. too deep because I feel like I might go into <clears throat> other questions y'all going to ask
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's okay. We can. We are okay. Flexible. Okay.
3: Okay. Okay. So yeah, but yeah, yeah That's, yeah, that's yeah. how I got there. That's how I got there.
2: Okay. So when you were at Bowie, did you get homesick? And if so, how did you deal with it?
3: You know, my my dad is from the East Coast, so uh, my dad grew up in New York and New Jersey. So I had already kind of been used to like going back east. Like he sent me back there for the summer sometimes, sometimes the winter. So it wasn't that bad. Probably my first my first semester I kinda just felt it like one day, probably like coming home from class. I don't remember specifically, but I do kind of just remember having a feeling like, damn, I can't just go talk to my mom or dad. Like you know what I'm saying? As I had a bad day in class, I wasn't mm-hmm. feeling you know, you know, stuff just feel off when you used to having certain people around. So it was more so that it was like a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like I had so many good friends and teachers that really made me feel like that was home. They were some of the first people I caught when I was feeling like that. And, um, you know, they made everything feel better. So it was a very short lived moment of uh, homesickness, if that makes sense. But of course you get, you, you know, you miss your people and things like that, but you know, it made it a lot more easy knowing that it was people around who also, you know, cared about you.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing like. I like to tell students all the time is like, you gonna get homesick. Yeah, period. Don't matter sure, where you go. Sure. <laughs> it's just a part of the process. So you can't go home at the first sight of homesickness right. and be like, "Oh, I have to like drop out of college and go and transfer somewhere back home." It's like, no, you just have to ride this. Business. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Because exactly. it, it, it's always short lived. You know what I'm saying? And I think mm-hmm. it's, I think it's important to be able to dive into into that part of your psyche. You know what I'm saying? In terms of being able to deal mm-hmm. with being separated for something. You know, I I think that's important, you know, not to get, you know, super dark, but, you know, it's just like, you know, things split from each other at some point in life, you know, whichever type Mm -hmm. of way that is. If your sister or your brother decides to leave town, if you get a job or mom gets a job or, you know, whatever it may be, like things separate at some point. So I think it's good to be able to kind of experience that and know you can kind of operate, you know. With things like that transpiring, so I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's important.
2: All good things okay. must come to an end.
3: Very it's true. Weird yeah. Though,
2: because I, like, I don't feel like I got homesick. Where'd you go? But I wasn't <laughs> in state, like California State University of Channel Islands, so one of the C C campuses in California. I say I'm boring.
3: All right, go on ahead. Ooh, <laughs> Lord. Lord, You guys, right? I'm,
2: like, huh? I'm just playing. What? I'm just playing. i just All right, go on ahead. No, not not I, right. No,
3: right. no, no, no. No, you ain't. I want to hear it. I want to
2: hear it. No, no, no. I'm just playing. I want to hear it. No, no, no. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. It's like her, you I do <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, Got for it. real. Wear flags, but okay. <laughs> Some of us didn't go on the train <laughs> 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 to the HBCU. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> um, speak for
1: yourself there d i did I, go on a trip <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> i guess i'm the only one okay i know i'm sorry i i <laughs> oh but how because channel islands was what like a two-hour drive from home or three yeah
2: it was roughly two hours okay. a little less so it was like an hour and 15 minutes
3: where, where is it exactly so, yeah all right
2: near near like Oxnard where the Strawberry Festival happens like Thousand Oaks area Camarillo
3: okay yeah yeah Oxnard I know Oxnard okay okay that makes sense okay okay yeah
2: you know where the Camarillo outlets Mm
3: -mm, are I've never been there but I've been there I know Oxnard Uh,
2: uh, mm -hmm. yeah so that's where it was at it was kind of in the middle of nowhere but I don't know I feel like I have an adaptable personality so I was able to like even though it was in the middle of nowhere and I grew up in LA where there was always something to do Mm-hmm. i feel like i was able to find my bearing because you know i agree with having that being able to separate from things but i also think it's also about being adaptable yeah when yeah. you when that circumstances change and you realize it's different from what you're used to how do you deal with that
3: yeah absolutely absolutely i agree for once with you
2: oh <laughs> many more to come honey <laughs> <clears throat>
1: Okay, so (laughs) what was your what was your major in college when you first got to?
3: Uh, so it was management, and then I did a real slight change. I went from management to marketing. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay.
1: Oh, is your BA in Mm -hmm. marketing? Yep. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have some questions for you later because I'm about to apply for a master's program. Oh, nice MBA. Okay. Offline. Alright, so then you just answer our question, did you change majors at all? Was that like, did, what was that decision like for you? Was it just like, oh, this fits me better? Did you like have to think about it for a while? You
3: know, I think the marketing majors just kind of got to me. Like, I was I was cool with management and then I took a marketing course and uh, mm-hmm. it was real fun because uh, it kind of like really started diving into like the science of like how you get someone to see your part uh, of that project your um <laughs> your, your product, your product. Mm-hmm. and just everything that goes into it and uh, I always thought that was fun cuz everything needs to be marketed and then like the marketing majors was like you you're a management major man like yeah,
4: you might as well do this
3: it ain't much of a switch <laughs> you know <laughs> no, so it was, it, it, it was like that and then I like it, it helped like cuz the couple marketing classes I had to take like I really liked all the teachers probably more so than I liked the management professors and i think there's something that goes into that too because i I mean people got different management styles but you Mm -hmm. know when you're talking about management and managers like everybody like i don't mean i don't know what kind of jobs y'all have had but a lot of managers can be kind of like by the book you know what i'm saying it's Mm -hmm. like more of that whereas like marketing is more of a creative type thing you know what i'm saying so you deal with more people who are into You know, music and fashion and, you know, all types of different types of things. So that was also appealing because you got to get, I feel like, just a whole different array of people who were, you know, diving into different things.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So what types of organizations or clubs were you involved in during college?
3: Oh, okay. So I was a resident assistant while I was there. So uh, I worked in the dorms. I was in SGA... I uh, was Mr. I don't know if we So I was Mr. Bowie State University. So that's basically like it's the king of the university. So they usually they do that at like every HBCU. So you'll have a Mr. Howard, a Mrs. Howard, you know all that kind of stuff. And we had a Mr. Bowie State, Mrs. Bowie State University, and you basically become like the face of the university. So that's uh, also a student government SGA uh, position. Uh, created a organization on campus called Blackmail Agenda. And that was basically an organization that was basically geared towards teaching young men on campus about their heritage, history, and just how they can implement a lot of those practices into their lives. Because my sophomore year, when I first became an RA, we were having trouble with retention, especially with the boys. So this became a way for us to kind of tackle that. And then it just kind of grew. So yeah, those were probably the main, main things I did while I was there.
1: Okay. If you want to, (laughs) if any, because we were going to ask you about Mr. Bowie State. Okay. Um, I didn't know how far she should go. No, no, it's totally fine because, like I said, we're going to adjust and everything, so I'm going to ask you that question now. Um, So, Mr. Bowie State, can you just, like, tell us about your journey? Because I remember I... I guess I listened to your book, so technically I read it still, but I listened to it, and it's really phenomenal, so hashtag shameless plug, (laughs) go out and If you don't read it, at least get the Audible, My Historically Black Purpose. I listened to it on my way to and from work, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was an incredible book, but you talk about your journey to, you're welcome. You talk about your journey to becoming Mm -hmm. Mr. Bowie, so if you could tell the audience a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, so I mean, just. For a little background into the Royal Court thing, so Mr. and originally it was just a Mrs. thing, so this Miss Mm -hmm. of the University was really a way for Black women to get recognition for their beauty, because at the time of the founding of like HBCUs and things like that, we couldn't go into like the Miss America pageant, the Miss Universe pageant, things like that, so we decided to create something for ourselves, and they did that. They tackled it right on HBCU campuses, So it's a long history of that. So eventually they started adding the males to it, too. And uh, it was something I had no idea about when I got to Bowie. But it was something that one of my teachers, Mr. Raymond Shorter, Dr. Raymond Shorter, had actually thought that I should do. And he told me about it my freshman year. And you guys know, coming from California as well, we don't have any HBCUs, obviously, outside of like Charles, Uh -uh. but that's, you know, more of a medical institute but so i don't Mm -hmm. know nothing about homecoming when i'm going out there i don't know nothing about a yard fest and you know the the battle of the bands like i ain't seen none of this i know nothing about it so when Mm -hmm. i go to the football game my uh teacher dr shorty said you know look out during halftime and when halftime happened like i promise you it was like coming to america it was like the female was on, like, horse and carriage. The dude was walking with a crown. The band was dancing mm-hmm. around him. Mean, it was just, like, something crazy. I had never seen, like, black folks get, like, acknowledged like that. So, obviously, who I was, I was like, I, I could do that, you know. Let me get some of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I ended up actually running to be a part of Mr. Bowie's cabinet the year before, my junior year, and I lost. Like, I didn't get it. I was hurt. I was like, what the, like, what? Like, how How I can't get this? You know, I just used it as a way to come back and actually go for the bigger position, which was Mr. Bowie State University my senior year, and I ended up getting it. You know, it's a whole campaign process with that, too, same as, like, an SGA president. And, uh, yeah, it worked out for me.
2: So did your marketing skills or the courses you were taking on the campus, did that help, like, create a better campaign
3: for you? Oh, man, super super i remember Mm. i remember probably the first night i mean obviously like one thing we know we usually always hungry college students always hungry So, so the midnight of our like the midnight we were allowed to start campaigning like as soon as the clock struck midnight i had a pancake like a pancake breakfast like for everybody so we cook like we fed, I don't know how many people we fed. It was like the story of Jesus with, like, the two fish. <laughs> the two fish and the bread. Like, I went to Costco and I not know how many people we was going to get. And I was like, this ain't going to be enough. This is not going to give me enough votes. Like, <laughs> I thought it was going to be more people mad. But that thing fed. I, I think I fed, like, everybody in the dorms that night. You know, so that was one thing I did. Yeah. And then, um I posted, uh, I, I got these, like, basically, like, almost like pitchforks. And I had posted my face, like a flyer of me, like everywhere on campus. And we did this at like two in the morning, three A. M. when like everybody was asleep. And like as soon as everybody woke up, like they just seen my face like everywhere. It was wild. Like, yeah, I was I was going crazy. I was pretty good in school, D. Like I I I applied I applied some of what I learned. You know. Okay. <laughs> no, it a, yeah, I yeah. did pretty uh it did pretty well. So it worked out. It worked out.
2: What were your expectations of attending an HBCU and how or were those expectations that you had met?
3: Honestly, when I went there first, it was just I was like, I'm going here to get a degree. Like I wasn't thinking too much different of it than if I would have went somewhere else. Obviously I knew it was gonna be more black people, you know. I was like, All right, this would be a cool experience, but if for past anything i could have imagined like i always tell people i think i got a whole second family treat like when i went out there like i thought (laughs) i thought my high school friends i couldn't get no closer than i was to them like the people i met in college were like you know it it was like these are people who would take their shirt off give me their home (laughs) give me a room food like it was just far it was like way different You know, just going all the way up the ladder from the students all the way up to the administration and your teachers. Like I had just I didn't even think something like that existed where you could be that supported, not even as a student, but just as a human being, you know, in one in one place, Mm -hmm. you know, by that many people. I I honestly never felt love like that outside my family. I never felt love the way I did it while I was at school for those years outside my family more than I did while I was there.
1: That's dope. Okay, I'm going to, like, this next question, I'm going to kind of combine it and change it up mm-hmm. a little bit, but what do you feel like attending an HBCU taught you, and then when you're talking to your friends who went to PWIs, right. like, predominantly white institutions, mm-hmm. or HSIs, which are Hispanic-serving institutions, for our listeners who may not know what those acronyms stand for, what do you feel like was really, like, the biggest difference between mm-hmm. those two? And why do you think that student should choose going to an HBCU over okay. a PWI?
3: So when HBCU, I'm talking to friends that went to PWI, you mean like, like you two? Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, you know
0: what? Interview,
2: done. <laughs> let's, let's get it over with. First of all, don't Oh come nah. <laughs> I, no! I know, mean, I'm just saying, like, you're trying to, you know,
0: I mean,
3: it made sense.
2: But I'm glad he
3: called <laughs> me his friend. I just met him. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! <laughs> so what did I learn being a PW at a PWI? Um, I mean not at a PWI, at HBCU. I think it taught me how to be a man. Really, you know, even though it was a young man, I like, mm-hmm. you know graduating, in, you know your twenties or whatever. But I think it does because it's it's the responsibility that you get while you're there. And this is, I, I think, I say this, I think this is important too. I think wherever you end up going, I think it's definitely your responsibility to take full advantage of everything that's offered. You know what I'm saying? I think you can make your experience as good as you want mm-hmm. it to be, to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? To a certain extent, you can make it as good as you want it to be. So the mentors that I met in college, you know, who were my teachers, like, it all started off as they were teachers. You know what I'm saying? And that could... You could get that anywhere. You can Mm -hmm. get a good teacher. But I think the follow up that I did, like, I just knew that these were people that I should remain connected with, you know? So going into their offices Mm -hmm. and having that accessibility and them really having no reservations about, you know, really being dedicated to helping me get to where I should be at the end of those four years, it was because they saw something in me that I really. At that point, you know, coming in there at 18, I didn't see them myself. You know, they saw me graduating as a leader. Yeah, so it it became that. And (laughs) it it became them pulling the things outside or from inside of me out. Um, It it was just a tough process uh, because those teachers and even my friends, like, they became harder on me than I was on myself. And I can honestly say that. Like, in in high school, I was an average student. I graduated with, like, a 2.0 in high school. Uh, when I got to, mm-hmm. ooh, that wasn't even an option. My first year there, I got an F on, uh, I got two Fs at midterm. Not because I deserved the F. I got two Fs at midterm because I had missed a week of class, which was basically like missing one day. You know what I'm saying? In these two classes. And the two teachers gave me that F and they called me to their classroom. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, mediocrity isn't allowed in my classroom. You know, yeah, mediocrity isn't allowed in my classroom. So you're either going to get an A in my class doing exactly what I tell you to do or you're going to get an F doing whatever you want to do, you know, because we don't allow half done work here. We don't allow halfway effort here. And it was something that really carried with me uh, from that moment forward. It was just that I needed to have a different type of focus just in life in order to be successful in whatever I'm doing. You know, but I think up until that point, I had never had teachers and multiple Mm -hmm. teachers and multiple people that were willing to hold me accountable to that. Not like in terms of like holding my hand, but just letting it be known that this is what you can be. This is what you need to be. And this is what you got the obligation to be because of who you are, your family, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it was that. It was, it was really that. It was more than having a teacher. It was really like having another dad or another mom that was really gonna be there to help teach you everything you needed to learn between being a teenager and becoming a man or a woman. I think that was the biggest thing. So that's what I tell like most of my that's what I tell most of my friends mm-hmm. that went to PWR is like You know, a lot of, honestly, a lot of them, I don't know how it is for y'all. Most of my friends that went to PWIs don't go back, like, at all. Like, I I don't know how it is for y'all. If y'all go back to homecoming and all that type of stuff or, you know, how it is. But I know most of mine don't. Like, it's not, you know, it was Mm -hmm. a place where they went to get their degree, which I thought I was going to do. But it became so much more. It became a second home. And, you know, that's what I, I really tell them, what you're getting out of it, along with a great education, because most of our, you know, doctors, you know, lawyers, like the majority of them do come from, you know, HBCUs historically, black colleges and universities. So, um, you know, it's really just a balance. You know, Martin Luther King always said that it's a balance between intellect and character, mm-hmm. which you're supposed to get built in college. So, yeah.
1: I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think to answer your homecoming question, <laughs> I do definitely think that's like a really big part of like the culture that comes yeah. with HBCUs. And then for PWIs, cause we both went to Cal States and in the Cal state, I think it's like out of the 23 Cal States that there are, there gotcha. are only like six of them that actually have football teams. And so typically homecoming is associated with football. So because you don't have a football team, the homecoming traditions Mm kind of get lost. And then we both went to relatively new universities. So like my university just reached its 25, I think last year or this, no, in 2020 they reached their 25 and, and for Dee's university, it was, they, you guys are the newest, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They were established in
2: 2002.
1: Mm -hmm. So like when you go to schools like that, like they're still, they're still very, so much building a tradition, so I think now a lot of the students, cause we do our yeah. homecoming during our basketball season. Mm-hmm. So now there's like some tradition that's being built yeah. and they're figuring it out. But like, that wasn't a part of my student experience. So like, would I go back to homecoming? Like, uh, I don't know. Like there's not anything that's going to give me any type of nostalgia from when I was there because we didn't have any of those things built out. So, yeah. but you know, go, listen, my senior year in college, no, I, it, no, it was my fourth year, because I did a fifth year. Mm-hmm. It was my fourth year, the year after I had quit volleyball and everything. For the first time, I was able to go to an HBC homecoming. My dad kept pressing. He said, that? Right. go to a Howard homecoming, go to a Howard homecoming. Volleyball is a false sport. So right. I couldn't go during volleyball season because we were always playing. We always had games. So that very first year, the very first thing mm-hmm. I did was I booked a ticket to go to D.C., to go to the Howard homecoming. And my dad used to work at Howard. Right. One of my cousins works at Howard now. We're actually gonna interview her. Shout out to Sharice May. She's dope. And she's a photojournalist. And then her dad, I think, I think he went to Howard too. And I know for sure Sharice is an alumni from Howard. And they're just super involved. And I knew a bunch of people. So I was like, all right, cool. So I went up and I did the whole week of homecoming activities. And it was one of the most oh, yeah, lit yeah, experiences of my life. I went the year Drake there. was there. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I yeah, I was out there.
3: For that. Yeah,
1: when he had that surprise yeah, performance. Who, yeah, you were I, there? I think real no, quick. We didn't even know each, each other. other. Like, we were both
3: there. The other thing that doesn't get talked about too is just, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's important to like know your legacy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and these these schools, like that's why I always tell people, even if you don't mm-hmm. decide to go one, like don't, don't decide to go to a HBCU. Like it's important, especially for black people to know the history, why they came about, you know, our culture, our legacy, you know, traditions, beliefs, all types of those systems knocked out. So to be able to go back to a lot of these spots uh, where we had to start from scratch and really build things up to where they are today. You know, Howard, Howard today ain't what it was like. That was a spot where it was a few people going to college. You know, they was literally just going for school. And now that's one of the most well-recognized colleges on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So to be able to know that your people started something like that for Mm -hmm. you, by you, and, you know, really helped develop it into what it is. You know, know, Howard was started by white dude. You know, someone was too, but (laughs) but I'm saying they were started for black people, you know, so, you know, to be able to build that up and then just knowing all the great Mm -hmm. people that came from them and just knowing that. You can be successful going to these schools, you know, because there's a lot of false information that gets thrown out. Like you won't be educated as well or it's going to be hard for you to get a job. Like all that kind of stuff isn't the case, you know. So I think it's just important to know that you can be successful coming mm-hmm. from those types of institutions.
1: While we're on this topic, um, when I was like listening to your book, one thing that I thought was really powerful that you said was how a lot of people, like a lot of the way that like black people kind of talk themselves out of going right. to HBCUs is they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to be around right. diversity. And when I get into the job field, like I'm not going to be around all black people. And you combat that. You were like, you don't even right. know about the, like the diversity that is in your own culture. And like black people from Africa, black Muslims, black Jewish people. And like you met all of yeah. these people at a historically black college and university. Yeah,
3: regardless of what economic background you come from, uh, you could have biases, you know, you could think that one, if this is the only type of black people, mm-hmm. or these are the only type of black people I'm around, or two, like those black people over there, they only act like that, you know, or I seen them on the show. So this is how they act, you know, or we don't have black mm-hmm. people that own, you know, farms and dairy companies, you know, whatever it may be, like, just because you haven't seen it. So being able to go to a campus, like you said, like, I didn't even, mm-hmm. I had never met a black Jewish person, you know, I didn't know that existed, like,
0: you know you know what I'm saying, I like, even things mm-hmm. as white as that, you know, are knowing
3: mm-hmm. what it was like, um, you know, for a Somali immigrant growing up in London because they had to flee there and then deciding to come and get educated at an HBCU, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, those Three different experiences you've experienced being black in Africa, mm-hmm. you've experienced being black in Europe, and now you're getting a chance to experience being black, and you know. So it's having those all different type of dynamics uh, mm-hmm. at school with you that you can learn from and really just see the beauty and diversity in black people. Like I think it's important because I think the main thing that separates us from doing more is just being able to unify, you know. And I think the easiest way to unify is to understand that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these petty differences are just that they just petty, you know, they're petty differences, you know? So um, that ignorance, if we can get past that, mm-hmm. I feel like a us mm-hmm. in a better position, you know, moving forward. And I think these campuses provide a great foundation for people, you know, coming in to get connected with black people all over the world. You know, that's one of the hidden things that's not talked about is like, you probably will. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you use your resources the way you should and really should go out there during the college experience, you should you should know people from all over the world.
2: I mm-hmm. love it. So what do you it's feel like inspired you to write the book? Or yeah, I mean, I think take it, it a step it, further it's, it's and do the documentary. I think
3: people just don't know, you know, our, our people perish from a lack of knowledge you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to uh, put, because I didn't have anything coming out of Mm -hmm. high school. I can only imagine, you know, I'm blessed enough to have my mom and my dad, you know, but everybody don't have it like that, you know, so if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for my Mm -hmm. mom, I probably wouldn't have been at HBCU, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? To be honest, that that wouldn't have happened, you know, it wasn't a book for me to look Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to read about it and get some type of you know information about why that experience would be good for me it wasn't anything like that you know when I was coming out of high school you know same reason your show is good you know it wasn't it wasn't a podcast I could listen to you know to learn about things like that so I think really just adding another resource that kids Mm -hmm. and parents and counselors could be able to tap into because I don't think it's just us being ignorant of it like most of my counselors like I told you I went to a all boys catholic school like majority of the population was white or asian Mm. so we don't know about hbcu for a fact that the white folks you know white folks and asian people probably don't know you know because we we don't (laughs) even talk about them like that right i can't i can't fault you for not right something to me that you don't know about you know i can't i can't put you at fault at that you know but that also doesn't give me an excuse Mm -hmm. because i do Mm -hmm. know to be able to put something together. For so now you don't have that excuse. Now a counselor, a teacher, a student, a parent can all go and, you know, read something, you know. And then I have other suggestions in the back of the book. Go watch A Different World, you know. Go listen to Kanye West, you know, School Spirit. You know, go listen, mm-hmm. to, you know, and watch these different types of things so you can get an understanding of how important it is for Black kids and black students to be able to go and experience something like, you know, so it was really, I I didn't do it for myself, to be honest with you. I did it for, you know, to be able to inspire somebody to do something that they didn't think they had, you know, really a chance of doing or, you know, to take it a step further, also just to inspire people to get an experience that they didn't think they deserve you know like it's a lot of kids that get chances to go to HBCUs that probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to go to UCLA you know or University of Texas in Austin or whatever you know they probably wouldn't meet those qualifications Mm -hmm. but if you know that there's an HBCU that's willing to take a chance on you even if it's in Alabama somewhere like I said you can't say that you don't have an opportunity to at least. Go out there and see what it has to offer.
1: Right. And I think that's like a a really good like segue into our next question. And I like wanna reiterate like everything you said. And I I think you've already (laughs) basically answered this question, but I just want to make sure you answer it, answer it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We're interviewing for a interviewing you for a part of our HBCU series. So we're going to be releasing it in June to correlate with Juneteenth. If y'all don't know what Juneteenth is, that is the African-American liberation when we were actually freed from slavery. So that is our Independence Day and not July 4th. So make sure you start celebrating the correct holiday, my brothers and sisters, but with that being said, we really mm-hmm. find it important for each person that's a part of the series to answer this one question. Hello, everyone. So sorry for the brief interruption, but our audio went out a little bit here. And I wanted to make sure that you all heard the question that we asked Measy. And that question was, why is attending an HBCU important?
3: I think one one of the greatest disservices that happened to black people during slavery or that ride over here was us losing the experience of a uh, rites of passage and in every pretty much in every culture whether it's irish Mm -hmm. italian all different types of latino like you got some type of rites of passage you know so for my latin friends like a lot of them have quinceañeras Uh, Mm -hmm. My Jewish friends have bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs. There's no Mm -hmm. universal rites of passage for black people to go through and feel like they're stepping into their manhood or womanhood. And I feel like this is the best opportunity you get to have a black rites Mm -hmm. of passage. You know, you get immersed in your culture from the history of not just the history of the school, but the history of your people. You get to see Mm -hmm. all of the uh, achievements you get to meet people. Like if it wasn't for my, like I've met Barack Obama at Bowie State University. I met Nikki Giovanni at Bowie. I met Angela Davis at Bowie, Kevin Hart at Bowie, Rick Ross. Um, wow. You know, the list just goes on, you know? Like, so you get, you literally get immersed in black culture uh-huh. and black excellence and black thought, you know, for four years, you know, and some people do their masters and they doctorate there, you know? So you get mm-hmm. you get to be around a situation where you celebrate it and not mm-hmm. tolerate it, you know, for as long as you want it to be. You know, a lot of people go to the HBCUs and they end up teaching there, you know. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, you get to make that experience whatever you want it to be. And I mm-hmm. just think it's important mm-hmm. for us to have something at some point of our learning process where we feel like we are 100% a part of it, you know like 100% a part of it. Not a little bit of it, like in Black History Month
4: mm-hmm. where you
3: learn about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King and the slave trade. Like to me, that's, that's a slap in the face, you know, to be able to, you know, to be, to, to have to endure that for K through 12, yeah. like to me, is a slap in the face, you know, getting the same lessons. So I think you should do yourself a mm-hmm. favor, really. If you if you don't have the, i say discipline to really get that type of studying and learning in yourself and provide that type of atmosphere for yourself, then I think it's it's important for you to be able to go off and do that if you decide to go to college to do, yeah. do an HBCU, even if it's for your master's or your doctorate, like at some point, get that
2: yeah. experience.
1: That's dope. Y'all, thank you. We're, we're kind of over time, so we're going to wrap it up soon, but we wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. Kind of this last question, or I guess last few questions. So if you want to talk about why you wrote My Historically Black Purpose and then where we can get the book. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I wrote the book to just provide a seed uh, to be planted uh, for anybody who would like, which I think everybody should, everybody who would like to have a little bit of knowledge about why HBCUs are important. Uh, not only for themselves but for others. Like uh, one interesting story I have, like I always it, it always happens but you know, at the Black College Expo, it's always like a white kid or a white mom or a Hispanic kid or somebody who comes up and asks, Can I read your book? And that's like, I mean it's a it's a book. Of course you can read it. You know, but I think it's important <laughs> because I think everybody needs to know, like I said, that these institutions serve everybody and it's not just black people who go there like I was in class with white people, Latin people, Asian people, you know, everybody goes to HBCUs, it's not just black students, you know, so I think it's important for people to know that those institutions they one, they serve Mm -hmm. everybody and they'll provide you with a great experience and a great education and if you're in a position where you can get people to go to college, I think you should know about all of the options that are available for kids. You know, and if you're a parent or a student, you need to know about all the options that are available for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think this that, that's what this was about was just putting it all together mm-hmm. for you that these are options, they are important, and uh, you can have a great experience. So you can get it everywhere Amazon, <laughs> Barnes and Noble, if you like audio books, uh, on Audible. Ebooks are available everywhere. And then you can actually go to my website too because I got the link to everything. So real easy, myhistoricallyblackpurpose.com. And everything is on there. And uh, yeah, so like I said, next is the documentary. That'll be next.
1: Let me see. Oh, before we get out of here, Meezy, oh, yeah, do you want to yeah. tell the folks I'm where the they can
3: find everything. you at on all so your social I'm needs? I'm so I'll spell it. I-M-A-W-A-L. I am A W A L. Real easy. Yeah, my my Twitter my Twitter is locked though, okay. so you gotta request mm-hmm. a follow out because I really wow I wow on Twitter, and that's mm. that's exactly wait a minute. And that's okay, exactly I'm gonna have to send that request. That's <laughs> why I asked you know if I could cuss on the show, and you see I did well, I did very well. I know I can code switch. <laughs> I could co with. He you did. Know, so I'm proud. Yeah. Because I went to HBCU don't mean, you know, I could just talk to, you know. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. <laughs>
2: well, it's definitely been a pleasure getting to know you virtually. So glad wow. I don't have to be near either wow. one of you. It's
4: just that's, awesome. That's crazy. That's,
2: that's <laughs> <real> crazy. <laughs> get off this. Okay. Let me, I'll do the outro myself. But honestly, um, Amir, it's been a pleasure. Um, you actually inspired me a little bit. You you brought up some um some inspirations wow. that I didn't know I had. So I so appreciate that. No um, oh my goodness. thank you.
3: Oh, you oh, know, God. you still hella I average have. be Like get out, average
2: <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. No, no, no. Average people can inspire other average people. Um so <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> until you know okay. once it okay, right, So we'll see. It's a race. Um but no, you your family I'm is so all, sorry. Well, your dad. I love, love, love New York. So when I heard you talking about the East Coast and you know, you spent summers out there, and that's where your dad was from, I was like, okay, so I'm gonna be a little nicer yeah, for, yeah. We know, when you you to go, I their, uh, for you because
3: of that particular factor. Yeah, y'all let me know.
2: And again, I want wonder... to perfect, okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh. And again, I want to reiterate
1: to you that you cannot move to New York just yet. Until we can afford to go back and forth. And right now, yeah, we're not going to make sure y'all, right might y'all do it. the to donate. They might move y'all
3: to Take New donations. York. Take donations. Enjoy, enjoy <laughs> your time in California, but, you know, it won't last long. Your, your, show, your show is getting picked up soon, ladies. Y'all might as well go on there. Get, get ready. Ready to pack the bags.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate no, that. Put yeah. it out there. You know what I'm saying? We got to claim that. And I'm, I'm here for it all the way. But with that being said, I want to thank y'all for tuning in today's on today's episode. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to Admittent It on all social medias, aka social media platforms. And you can email any questions or fan mail to It at gmail.com. Again, that's A-D-M-I-T-N-I-T at gmail.com. And if you have any questions that you want us to push along to Meezy himself, we are more than happy to do that. Ooh. At least I am more than happy to do that. Don't know about D. Uh, <laughs> and thanks for tuning in to another lecture of AdmitNet at the University of Nettie D. And D, apply your knowledge hey. today. And
0: also enjoy a mere uh, song on this outro. I guess I'm back here to kill the shit. I clip with Kincaid to feel the clip. I built the new piece of brick for brick, bricks. So I don't need your podcast to feel the shit. I use my third eye to steer the ship. I felt the blood runny, crack the whip. I felt the tear drop the fairly split. My mind is locked up it and got it the grip. The boy Man, now rebellious, man, down. I'm feeling like Drake is sound, 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 sound. Step in your spot, I feel it's my, my town. We're talking hip hop, I feel it's my crown. Oh, I'm feeling quite amazing. Yeah, little time that I'm wasting here from Jamaican. It's no vacation. I might hit the Frisco, hit crustacean Shelter to D-Dot, what I'm lacing. Bad girl, too thick, might be tasting. Give it up, smooth girl, ain't no chasing. This time next year, might be cake Uh, let me the fun's up. Yeah, let me the ones up. You to stop this ah, Nigga, good luck Rule number one, you know you gotta keep it pimping Be yourself, build your wealth Make your intellect your weapon Say your prayers, meditate Then proceed to see the blessings Be your money making